Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. death and resurrection, God. We pray, God, that you now bless what we're going to do today. We are here to say one more time, God, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Bless us, O Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen again. Praise God. Give God glory one more time. A couple more announcements um, I have. We are uh, uh, on April 20th. We are having lunch with pastor. It's a Wednesday. It's downstairs. And what lunch with pastor is, it's a chance for me to get to visit with all of you who want to come. And so it's going to be downstairs. The church is going to provide the food. It's going to be sandwiches. We're going to provide some soup. And it's just a chance for us to get together and have some fellowship. Amen. It'll be between 12 and 1 o'clock. You can come in or not come in for the whole time. It's up to you. But we just want to enjoy that time with you and get to know each other. Amen. So I want to invite you to that. Uh, That's going to be on April the 20th. On this past Friday night, we had an all-night prayer meeting, or at least until 12 o'clock. We had a great attendance. And boy, I tell you what, the Spirit of God moved in our service and we prayed for today. Amen. We prayed for today. And uh, what I, if those of you who are here, did you enjoy that time with the Lord? Amen. Praise God. People, people keep coming to me and say, well, I wish the Lord would talk to me and give me answers. And I keep saying that if you want him to talk to you and give you answers, then you need to be in prayer meeting and read your Bible. That's when he talks to you. Amen. Praise God. All right. We're going to talk about uh, Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. But I forgot, I do have one more, one more uh, announcement to make. Uh, men's ministry is going to be this Saturday at 9 o'clock. If you're coming, you need to let me know so I can prepare for it. We're going to meet here uh, at the church downstairs and have a lesson and have some fellowship. Women's ministry, however, is going to delay and wait until May to meet because they're, they're um, uh, what's the word, relaunching. We, they're relaunching, and we're going to do that in May. And I want to tell you, all the ladies in this church, I don't care how old you are or how young you are, you are invited. Amen? We want our teenage girls to be there because that's how they learn to become women. Amen? We want our older ladies there. We want our older ladies there because you are the ones who are the example to our younger ladies. Amen? And how do you know you're an older lady? I'm not going to answer that question. I'm just going to tell you straight up, I'm not going to answer that question because sure enough, I will get myself in trouble. I will just say, I don't think we have any older ladies in this church right now. Amen. That's what I'm going to say. Praise God. And we're going to move on. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. We need to talk about Jesus right away. (laughs) Didn't those kids do great? Praise God. Praise God. So John chapter 14, verse 6, simply says this. Thank you to our computer people who always do a wonderful job getting this ready for me and help us to move along. Jesus said to him, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. Say that with me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, here's two important words. No one. Say that with me. No one. Look at your neighbor. Say, no one. Look at your other neighbor. It says, not even you. Look at your other neighbor and say, pastor's handsome today. I didn't feel that last part. Randy, of all people, you should have stepped forward and said something. I'm in a good mood today. My Tar Heels won yesterday, so I'm in a good Somebody asked me, did I worry about Kansas, for those of you who know what's going on? And my response is, don't care. They beat Duke. That's all I worry about. Some of you will understand that, and some of you don't. No one, say no one, comes to the Father except through me. Talking about Jesus. Now, when Jesus was talking here, let me kind of set the stage of what's happening. When Jesus was talking, he was responding to one of the disciples. He was responding to Thomas. Because Thomas was like, because he was telling them he, Jesus was going away. Jesus was saying, I'm about to leave you. And these, these next three chapters, John 14 and 16, or 14, 15 and 16, are called the, fair, it's called the farewell address. It's called like the goodbye address. And in this book, everybody look at me, please. In this book, what's happening is that uh, Jesus is saying goodbye to his disciples. And John intimately portrays what's about to happen. John intimately portrays, because you remember at the end of these three chapters, it's when Jesus is arrested and he's taken to the crucifixion. So he takes some time in these three, it's a beautifully written, beautifully spoken words, and it's like his last goodbye to his disciples. And sometimes that's kind of hard for us to read because we think, well, Jesus rose from the dead and, and, and he lives in heaven, and we don't understand the, the dynamic of what's going on here, but right now now what Jesus is doing is he's saying goodbye to them and the disciples are having a hard time fathoming this. They don't get it. What do you mean you're saying goodbye? What do you mean you're leaving? What do you mean that you're taking off? What do you mean that you're doing this? You're supposed to stay with this in their mind. In their mind, he was supposed to rout the Romans and overthrow the Romans. And he, in their mind, he was supposed to take over and he was going to become the Messiah and he was going to rule of all Israel. You see, it's funny because God does things that we don't understand. And God works in ways that we don't get. And too many times we try to tell God, God, this is how I want you to do this. And God decides, I'm not going to do it that way. I am guilty above all people. I, I tell God, okay, God, I'm ready for you to move, and this is how I want you to do it. Because I thought about it, and I'm right. You know what God does? I kid you not. He goes, yeah, I could do it that way, but now because you said it, I'm going to do it this way right here. Because he's God, amen? He doesn't take direction from me. He doesn't get, to, he doesn't get me to be able to tell him what to do. I can petition him. I can request him, but he's God. He can do anything he wants to do. And what, what they didn't understand as disciples, it was necessary for Jesus to die on the cross that our sins will be forgiven. And more importantly, and I'll talk about this in a couple of weeks, it was far more important important for him to rise from the dead so that we can truly be reconciled to God. Amen. See, one of the things that is left unsaid about Jesus going to heaven, John chapter 14, verse 1, because this is what he was talking about. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me. 
you got to believe in me. Jesus was saying, you got to believe in the Lord. But man, sometimes we struggle with that, don't we? We struggle with that. And I love the fact that they sang that song available. And the, the word, the chorus of that song, and sometimes I think we see songs and we don't really understand what it means. And he says, here I am, God. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. But do we mean that? Because it's exactly what God wants. He wants all of us. Amen. He wants all of us, not just a part of us, not just some of us, not 99.9. .9. He wants 100% of us. Amen. He wants you today. He desires a relationship with you. But too many times in this world, we hold back. Amen. We kind of just give him a little bit. We dip our toe in the water. Oh, that we would go in all the way and become wet from head to toe. Oh, that we would dive into the gospel. Oh, that we would submerse ourselves into the Lord. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry this morning because I want to taste and see what God has in my life today. But we have to make a decision. Do we want to embrace the part of God that we like, or are we willing to accept all of it? See, there's nothing not to like about God except when God deals with things in our lives that aren't good. You know, like when God says, hey, Keith, maybe you're a little too prideful. No, I'm not. I am not prideful, and I'm proud of that. Maybe, Keith, you need to trust me. Oh, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I'm going to sing about it as long as you do it my way. <laughs> Come on now. We got to learn to give it all to God. We got to learn to give it all to God. Amen. Because that's what he wants for us. But the real reason that Jesus was going into heaven is he was preparing a place for us. I'm going to talk about this just a moment before I call him the way, the truth, and life. Because it, it really does need to be talked about. Because we don't talk about it enough. John chapter 14, 2 through 4, the next verses, he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. Anybody know what a mansion is? Just a quick poll. Anybody in this room live in a mansion? Okay, good. Good, we're all together, right? We all, we all live in modest houses, right? Anybody live in a multi-million dollar home? The way home prices are going in Juneau, in two years, all of our homes will be multi-million dollar homes, right? Amen. I got, my, I got my tax assessment last week, and I thought, dear Lord, I'm rich. I don't feel it, but I feel it. I mean, they say I'm rich, maybe because they want to tax me. I don't know. But we're going to have mansions up there. He's going to prepare us a mansion. Now, I've seen them build mansions. You know how long it takes them? About two or three weeks two or three months. It doesn't take long to do that. But he goes to say that. But let me, let me explain why this is different. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am... There you may be also. Praise God. Oh, man. Listen to that. Can I? I feel like we had a little bit of a distraction there, so I'm going to read that again. And if I go out and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Amen. I will come again. Amen. I will come again. I remember, I remember when we were dropping our kids off at daycare, especially 
or not daycare, but preschool, my little girl, when, when my wife would turn around and, and leave, she would scream and yell. When I did, she clapped. But when my wife, <laughs> when my wife left, she would scream and yell, Mommy, Mommy. And my wife would turn around and look at her and, and just simply say these words, I'll be back. And I remember the peace that went over my daughter's face because she trusted that, right? Praise God. The trust that comes from the Lord when he says, I'll be back. Amen. He's coming back for us one day. He's not going to leave us here to our own devices. And not only is he coming back for us, he's going to receive us to himself that where I am, there you may be also. Brothers and sisters, we're going to live with God. And where I go, you know, and that way you know. So I want to I mention this to you. See, we know that Jesus actually was the one who created heaven and earth. Did you know that? Yeah. In John chapter 1, verse 3, all things were made through him. All things were made with him, through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In other words, Jesus is the one who did creation. We know that. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. How long was creation? Six days, right? Right? Am I wrong? Six days? He's been working on my house for 2,000 years. Okay, some of you are tying that together. Remember what I told you earlier about a mansion takes about two to three months down here on earth? That's nothing compared to what God is working on for me right now. Amen? He is working on my place. He is personally overseeing every detail. He's going to dedicate one room to the Panthers. (laughs) And in my heaven, they won every Super Bowl. I don't have to worry about the Tar Heels. They want everything. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm jesting when I say that, but he knows every intimate detail about me. He knows what I like, and he's preparing a place for me, and he's been working. Now, look at how beautiful. Well, let me not look out there, okay, because it's bad weather. But, but creation, how beautiful, especially, especially here in Juneau. I will tell you, I have traveled all over Alaska. I've been to Barrow. I've been to Kodiak. I've been to Bethel. I've been to Iliamna. I've been in the Northwest cities. I've been to Chickaloon. I've been to Chicken. I've been all over Alaska. And I can tell you there's nowhere more beautiful than Juneau. But Juneau cannot compare to what God is doing for us in heaven today. Amen. (laughs) Juneau cannot. This is only a glimpse of his beauty. This is only a taste of what he can do. Because he created this place in six days, but other places he's been working on for 2,000 years. Praise God. Praise God. I've been, I've been watching Randy do the work in our bathrooms. And by the way, he's doing a great job. We hope to have the women's bathroom done here in a couple of weeks. We're ordering new partitions. Uh, so there's a little bit nicer in there. And so right now there's no flooring in there, but you can still go in there. But it's just going to look so much nicer. And the bathrooms down here, they look so much nicer. 
and I watch him work and how hard he's doing it, and I just imagine Jesus, because remember, Jesus was a carpenter, amen? Remember, Jesus knows how to do these things, and he is working on a place for us right now, and that's something that we should be excited about. And so when I talk about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life, there's no other religion where their founder is working on anything for them. Our faith is the only religion that says our Lord went ahead of us, and he died a death, and he's working on something for us to receive us to himself. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to cry for it. It's already been given to us. All we got to do is accept it. Amen. You may think that the world has something to give you, but all they have to give you is heartache and trouble. You may think that the other religions have something to give you, but all they have is false promises that never measure up. I'm telling you today, it is time for the church to choose Jesus. It is time for the world to choose Jesus. It is time for humanity to choose Jesus. Paul said this about him, and he says, in him we move, live, and have our being. Jesus is everything to us, amen? Amen. Now, I say, as a church, we need to choose Jesus, because what we do sometimes is we choose to come to church, but we don't choose Jesus. We need to choose Jesus this morning, amen? We need to choose Jesus. Don't just come to church to check something off your, your list so you don't feel guilty anymore. Embrace what he has for you today. Embrace him. Choose Jesus this morning. Choose Jesus this morning. We need to be careful because I'm a little anointed this morning. Praise God. I may, I may just fly off this stage, and if I do, don't try to catch me. I'll squash you. I'm not kidding. I feel the glory of the Lord all over me because when we talk about Jesus, the world stands up. The devil gets scared. And, and I'm going to tell you, our hearts say, pay attention. It is about Jesus this morning. I want you to yell the name Jesus with me. Are you ready? One, two, three, Jesus. Listen, when we do that, the demons shudder. Amen. When we do that, the enemy gets scared. One, two, three. Jesus. He just gave the devil a black eye. Praise God. But listen, we don't need to just choose him in church. We need to choose him in our everyday life. We need to choose him when we go to work. We need to choose him when we wake up in the morning. We need to choose him when we lay down at night. We need to choose him when we decide what to watch on TV. We need to choose him every moment of our lives. We need to choose. Oh, praise God. We need to choose him in our relationships. We need to choose him when we eat. We need to choose them when we're about ready to gossip about somebody. Mm. He's bringing it this morning. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. He's putting the thoughts in my mind. Amen. We need to choose God when we think about doing something wrong and going to the club. We need to choose God when we want to do what we shouldn't do. We need to choose God this morning. Amen. We need to choose God. And it is a choice. Did you know that? And just because you chose God 20 years ago, that does not mean that you chose him this morning. You may have come to church, but it doesn't mean that you've chosen him. You may be sitting in that seat, but you have not chosen him. Coming to church and being a Christian are two different things. Listen, you can go to McDonald's. It doesn't make you a hamburger, amen? <laughs> if, you do, if that does happen to you, let me know. That'd be crazy. All right? We'll, we'll, you know, we might nibble on you at that point. 
Listen, we need to choose Jesus. If coming to church is your idea of being a Christian, then you are sadly mistaken. Yes, we come to church because we are a Christian, but being a Christian is more than just a lifestyle. It is more than just something that we do. It consumes us. It's all of us. I wake up in the morning and I say, praise God. I go to sleep and I say, praise God. I eat my meal and I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Monkeys in the jungle. I love that song. I saw some of you, you were doing the motions. Amen. And that's okay, right? That's all right to do that. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I want to do that chomp-chomp thing today because it was awesome, right? There's nothing wrong with us doing that, but we need to choose Jesus this morning. But if Jesus is the answer, what's the question? You ever had a lot of questions in your life? Listen, it's normal. It's normal to have doubt. It's normal to question things. It's normal to wonder. I will never, ever condemn you for questioning. As a matter of fact, I encourage it. We have to question because that leads us to the answer, which is Jesus. The biggest question people ask is, why? As in, why me? Why would God allow this? People talk about walking around in the fog, not even knowing why they exist. I read a lot of articles, and more and more people are questioning their existence. More and more people are questioning who they are. They're choosing different identities because they want to be something else because they think God made a mistake. I'm going to tell you straight up, God doesn't make mistakes. He designed you for who you are. And the enemy is lying to you, convincing you that you're trapped in another body. You're not trapped in another body. It's a lie from the devil. God designed you the way that you are. But our sins and our lifestyles, it weighs us down with grief and shame. The world is deteriorating right before our eyes with wars and rumors of wars been reading about the atrocities that are happening right now in Ukraine. I was reading the article this morning about how they're finding people, and it broke my heart. I'm not going to go into detail what I read, but it broke my heart about what war does to people. Brothers and sisters, we have not seen the last of war. It's very possible war is going to come to our shores. Wars are coming. Our nation is divided. That was evidenced in the confirmation hearing of the Supreme Court Justice. By the way, if you don't know the difference between a man and a woman, you should, probably shouldn't be a Supreme Court Justice, okay? If you're, she, she said in her argument that she wasn't a biologist, so she doesn't know the difference between a man and a woman. I thought... Wow, did they raise you that stupid? What happened? I mean, they, a child knows that answer, but that's the deterioration of the world. We don't even know the difference, or we don't even know what a man and a woman is. We have to explain. We have to have a scientist explain that to us. We don't need a scientist to explain that. Six-year-olds know the answer to that. Amen? You ask a six-year-old, you're a boy, and if she's a girl, she's going to go, no, oh, 
I'm a girl. Don't say that. Right? Most six-year-olds, if you say that to them, they will lay into you. Last night, it was so cool. Peyton was with us. And you know, remember little Peyton? She's jumping all over the stage. And, and uh, I think she's going to be a preacher one day. I'm counting on it. And uh, she was jumping all around last night. We, she, we were, she was with us, and she lay down beside me for a brief moment, and she kind of went to sleep on my shoulder. And it was just, it was a great two seconds. And after that, she was bouncing around again, right? And, she, and I looked at my wife and says, I'm not ready for grandkids. We just need to hold off on that for a while. Actually, I said that to my kids as well. But our nation is divided. We have more violence and more rhetoric. There's more divide between the classes than ever before. Everyone saw what happened at the Oscars. And they're talking about what a travesty it was and how awful it was. But you know what was worse to me? This hypocritical elites. Talking about social justice and how we need to take care of the poor. But the little bags that they were given were valued at over $140,000. And they're preaching to you about you and how you feel about poor people and rich people. They're preaching to you about climate change where they're flying all over the world on their private jets and their private yachts. We have a broken system, brothers and, uh, brothers and sisters. We have a broken system. Murders and capital crimes at our all-time highs. Our schools are more focused on social issues than education. Little Johnny may not be able to read, but he or she can choose his gender at free will. Something's wrong with that. Something's wrong. We're more focused in celebrating a child choosing their gender than whether or not they can say their ABCs or whether or not they can read or whether or not they can do math. We're more focused on things that don't matter and bring harm to a child than things that do matter. Brothers and sisters, we are living in an upside-down world. Our political system is in disarray. So the answer to the question of why Jesus? My question is, or my answer is, why not Jesus? Why not Jesus? There is no other choice. Allah is not the same God as our God. Don't let anybody tell you any difference. Allah is an, uh, is a, is an ancient Persian God that was not a God, and, it's, and it doesn't exist, but they worship this God. He was represented by a moon. It is not our God, amen? Don't ever confuse that. Confucius is dead and in the grave. Muhammad is dead in the grave. There was no promise of anything. All these guys are dead in the grave, but my Jesus, praise God, my Jesus rose out of the grave. New Age Enlightenment is not a way to God. I read something today, or yesterday. I was sharing it with the youth group. There's a new thing out there right now. It's called consensual non, see if I can say it correctly, consensual non-monogamy. Everybody got that? Consensual non-monogamy. You know what that means? That means if you're married, you can have relationships with other people that are not your husband or wife. 
They put a big fancy word on it. I got another word for it. It's just called cheating, okay? Maybe I'm simple. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little too simple, but our house don't play that way, okay? Maybe. And so but what's happening in this world, they're inventing all these words that make them feel better about themselves. Well, I'm non-binary. You're not a computer. You are what you are, amen? You're a man. You're a woman. They're inventing words that make them feel good, that make them feel like it's okay. Words are not okay. There is not a new enlightenment. There is one way and his name is Jesus. And I want to be clear about this because Oprah Winfrey made a statement a long time ago. She said the statement, there are many paths to God. There are not many paths to God. There is one path to God. His name is Jesus. No one comes to the Father but through him. That is why we say it every day, every moment. Choose Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Choose Jesus. But pastor, I've been coming to church all my life, and I'm going to say it to you again. Choose Jesus. Amen? Because sometimes life comes at us, and we get discouraged. We have health issues. We have marriage issues. We have financial issues, and our eyes tend to get off the Lord. And I'm going to tell you this morning, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're going through in your entire life, choose Jesus this morning. There is no better hope. There is no better victory than Jesus. Hollywood can't get it right. Washington can't get it right. No one can get it right. We need Jesus this morning. Amen. The church has been marginalized for a reason. Everybody wants to tell you what to believe. I'm not telling what you to believe. I'm inviting you right now to choose Jesus this morning. Amen. Choose Jesus. In an age we don't know between right and wrong, truth and lies, I want you to know he is the truth. John 1.17 says this, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It's at the point now when you read stuff on social media, I'm going to tell you how suspicious I'm getting. If I get a second friend request from you on Facebook, I'm not accepting it. You know why? Because there's crazy people out there stealing identities. Right? Some of you sent me a friend request and I accepted it. It turned out to be some scam. Like you write me on Facebook or Messenger, hi, Pastor. And I'm like, oh, you're talking to me. Hi. And they're say, have you heard about this new product where you can earn millions of dollars? And I said, that doesn't sound like Robert. <laughs> Could be, though. That might have been you. <laughs> no, that didn't happen with Robert. I've gotten that. So if you send me another friend request, I'm probably not going to accept it. Don't get mad at me. I just don't trust Facebook. Amen? All right? If you send me an email with an attachment, I'm probably not going to open it. Amen? I, I got people send me stuff all the time. I have a word of the Lord from you. Delete. Because I don't know them. I don't trust them. If I know you and it's the word of the Lord, I'll read it. But if I don't know you, I'm not going to answer it. Amen? Because I have to know that I know that I know you. And I have to know that I can trust that world. Because we live in a world that people are always lying. They're always stretching the truth. They're always doing something to manipulate the truth to their own agenda. But I want to tell you today, he is the truth. Amen? He is the truth. I mean, come on now. He is the truth. The way that we know Jesus is the truth is he is from his father who does not lie. See, the older I get, the more I realize I'm becoming 
like my dad. At little things that he says, little things that he does, I find myself doing. Little mannerisms. When I was younger, I was like, there's no way I'll ever do that, and I'm doing it. I'm like a carbon copy. I, I was joking with somebody at the store. They asked, is that my dad? My dad was with me. And I said, no, I'm adopted. They looked at me. They looked at him. No. <laughs> no, that's not possible. They looked at my son. No, you're like a three guys in a pod there. You guys are the same. You're like carbon, carbon copy. Amen. <laughs> they, what, we're, I'm like, you know, a younger, you know, handsomer version of my dad. And then my son, he's a skinnier version of me. And I tell him, I said, son, be careful. I was like you one day. I was skinny. He looks at me and goes, I don't think that was ever possible. I don't know what he means by that. Amen. But listen, my son is like me too. He's starting to act like me. He's starting to obsess over things that I obsess with. Like, you know, he'll ask me a thousand times a question. I'll say, I've already told you. He goes, I know, Dad. I just wanted to make sure. It's really funny watching him turn into me. It's also a little scary because I see how I really am. <laughs> but Jesus, praise God, is just like his father. It says this in Numbers twenty-three nineteen: God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Somebody needed to hear that this morning. Has he said, and will he not do? In other words, if God has said something, he's going to do it. It's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be next week. He's going to do it in his own sweet time. But God's going to do it. Amen. Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Jesus is the life. John chapter 10, verse 10. I use this verse all the time. We should have it memorized. John chapter 10, verse 10. Let's read it together. After I get some water. The thief. Who's the thief? That's right. You cannot bargain with the devil. You cannot agree with the devil. Because he'll lie to your face and then try to kill you. The devil does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. Everybody understand that? Now listen. I like Caden a lot. Stand up, Caden. Isn't he a handsome young man? Yeah. You guys can say it's okay. It's not weird. He's a handsome young man. I... If you go to McDonald's, wait till he's working and you can get a free meal. Okay? Just tell them the secret code word, I know Caden. And then that'll work. Okay? I hooked you up, buddy. Thank you. No, no, no. Stand up. Stand up. You're not done. I love Caden very much. We're buddies. But if Caden was out to destroy my family... If he was trying to hurt me, if he was trying to hurt my daughter, my wife, Caden and I would not be buddies. What would I do with Caden? I would remove him from my life. You guys understand that? Thank you. Problem is that some of you guys still have dinner with the devil and you think it's okay. Come on. 
You still have dinner with the devil, and you think, it's okay, the devil likes me. No, he don't. He's out to still kill and destroy you. Oh, it's okay, pastor. We're buddies. No, you're not. He wants to drag you down to hell. You can't be buddies with the devil and be friends with Jesus. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You've got to choose Jesus. You've got to choose Jesus. The rest of the scripture says this. How Jesus was saying this is, I have come that they may have what? You know what life is? Life, life is a blessing. I mean, what are the options? Death? Anybody who's in the hospital struggling to breathe appreciates life. I was visiting with Gloria. You guys know Gloria, right? Gloria McKinley. I love Gloria. And I, and I asked her if I could share this story, and she said I could. But, I mean, when I say I love Gloria, I truly mean this. I went in to meet with her. You know, as a pastor, you're supposed to go in and cheer someone up when they're in the hospital. She had me laughing so hard I was crying. The nurse came and checked on us like maybe something happened because I was crying so hard. She looked at me, and she, she was in her apartment, and she was struggling. And she said, Harold, that's her husband's name who had passed on earlier. She goes, Harold, if, if you are, if the Lord's coming back from me, then let me hear from you. All of a sudden, she heard a loud crash. She looked up, and there's the garbage man out back. <laughs> and she started laughing. She goes, I didn't know he'd come back in the garbage can. I may have said that wrong, but it was, she was laughing and she was saying, and I started laughing, and she goes, and then I realized it wasn't Harold. I goes, well, probably not. <laughs> and she goes, I don't think God would do that. <laughs> I share that story with you because those who are in intensive care and struggling to breathe, those who are struggling with life and on their last stages really realize what life is all about. See, the Lord has come that you can have life, and not, not just life. What is that word there, abundantly? So let's take that in perspective. If, if I had one $20 bill, would that be good? What if I had thousands of $20 bills? Would that be better? No? Oh, yeah? Are you guys awake? Okay, I need to tell the dad joke. Make sure you're awake. You guys hear about the one-armed fisherman? He caught a fish this big. <laughs> no, you're big? Okay, well, his was this big. If I had a $20 bill, what do I have in my wallet? Probably just nothing. Wow, look at that. I have something. I have a dollar bill. It's unusual. Usually my daughter sneaks them. If I had this one dollar bill, that's not much, right? But imagine if I had a million of them. Right? If I had one dollar bill and I laid it right here, there'd be nobody rushing up here. Now, somebody might do it now just because I said something. You guys would pass that dollar bill like after service. You'd pass that dollar bill like, that's just a dollar. 
And see, that's where some of our lives are right now, is we don't feel like we have nothing. We don't feel like we're worth anything. But see, when Jesus comes into your life, all of a sudden that dollar becomes a million of those dollars. Jesus makes our life, and then all of a sudden you're not coming by here anymore. You look at that dollar for what it's worth, and you pocket it because you're worth something. You're worth something because of what he made you. I know everybody in this room has been through something. I know you've faced trauma. I know you've had a hard life. I cannot go back and fix that, but I know somebody who can. I can't go back and undo the things in your life, but I know somebody who can bring healing to your heart. You may have gone through trouble. You may have suffered loss. You may have wondered how you were going to live the next day, but I'm telling you there is a way. There is a truth. There is a life, and his name is Jesus. Amen. It is time. It is time to choose Jesus. It is time to choose Jesus. But pastor, I've been going to church all my life. Have you? I mean, you might have showed up, but did you listen to anything? Are you doing what the Word says? The Bible says later in in John, it says, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. If you're not keeping his commandments, then you don't really love him. You know one of the biggest commandments that Jesus gave? He says, love one another. Love one another. So if you've been gossiping about people, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't love your brother and sister. You're not following the commandments of Jesus. Yeah, we love to gossip, don't we? This whole thing about the Oscars, that was nothing but a lot of salacious gossip. Talking about something we were not even involved in. We like to talk about things. We, we lie, we cheat, and we steal. It is time to get right with Jesus. The Lord is coming back. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? The Lord is coming back. We need to get right with Jesus. We need to get... Stand to your feet, please. Lord, I preached your word this morning. I said... What you told me to say. I gave it my all, God. We need to choose you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.